once a quarter. And uh, the Lord laid something on my heart this week. He doesn't do this very often, but I woke up one morning preaching in my mind and gave me the scripture and what I was doing. And, and uh, so I want to read from Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, I want to start at verse number um, 21. Actually, we'll start at verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness or freedom, if you will, or liberty to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That's what's been happening today. We've been provoking. That word provoke isn't always a negative word. But uh, we, we've been pushing, we've been edifying, we've been exhorting to unto love and a good works. Number 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So much the more as you see the day approaching. I want to share with you for just a couple of minutes the simple thought of this. The church is your restoration. The church is your restoration. Now when I say the church, a lot of people would assume that I'm talking about buildings and I'm talking about locations. But when I say the church, I'm talking about the people that are gathered together. In fact, the word church in scripture is ecclesia in Greek, and the word, the Greek word ecclesia doesn't have anything to do with a physical building. It has everything to do with a gathering of people, a, a, a uniting of individuals. In fact, in Acts chapter two, the Bible says that they continued steadfastly in other words, it was one of the most important things uh, that you could do was to unite with a church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and, prayer, and prayers from house to house. And, and, and so what I want to challenge you, I, I, I saw something uh, on Facebook this week, and I think I shared it. Some of you may have read it. But going to church should be an excuse to get out of going to something else, not the other way around. Now, I understand wholly and completely that there are times where people have to miss a service here or there, whether it be sickness, work, out of town, whatever it is, but that should be the exception to the rule. And the reason is, is, is what the scripture is saying here, and that is that don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together but so much the more. In other words, the closer that the Lord comes to his return, the more we should be getting together. The more we should be uniting together. Now, I don't believe that is accidental because the scripture says a couple things about what the church really is. Uh, can I just say also, as we go forward here, 
I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but let me just share something that is very profound and deep to me. The sea or the ocean is simply a bunch of raindrops that got together. The sea is just a bunch of raindrops that got together. What happens when just a bunch of drops get together? When you and I unite together, when we come together in one, when we walk through the doors of this assembly or of this building and we gather together and we assemble ourselves together, all of a sudden it's not just a single raindrop, but there's a sea of people in this house. And when the sea of people begin to worship together, you see a raindrop can't cause a tidal wave, but a sea can. God has something that's, that pulls at the depths of water and, and, and the Bible says it this way, that out of the, the, your belly shall flow rivers of living water, not rain droplets. Now I know that there's a common philosophy or a theory that we don't need to go to church to find God. I would suggest that you can, uh, you can meet God anywhere. You can meet God in the car. You can, but let me just say this, the church Again, the people gathering together as the body of Christ is, the on, is not the only place to meet God, but when the church functions properly, the church is where we learn how to meet God everywhere else. You, you can sit in your living room and you can turn on a, a, a preacher on the TV, on the YouTube, whatever, and you can feel the presence of God, but you want to know what? You have no expression of the presence that you're feeling because you're not connected to the body. I listen to preaching all the time. I, I can give you the ones that I like the most and, 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 and I enjoy them, but you wanna know what? I've never met them. I've never connected with them. I've never been around them. They have only fed my soul through a word that they've given through a screen, but there's no interconnectedness. And so what I'm trying to say to somebody today is the church, the gathering together of believers, the assembling of ourselves together will fulfill the, 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 the restoration that God is trying to lead into your life. It is of vital importance that we gather together as believers, not just because uh, the writer of Hebrews said, don't forsake it. And that word forsake doesn't mean that we leave it. That word forsake means that we take it lightly. Can I just tell you that you may have come here today and you really didn't feel like being here and you just thought that you were coming and you were gonna just kind of sit and soak it up, but do you, ha you may not even understand this, but you being here has affected somebody else. Whether you realize it or not. You see, there's a passage in scripture that, uh, that the, one of the apostles wrote and he said that we are, uh, our, our spirit, our soul, and our body. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. And, and I've preached a message on this a, a while back, but I, I got to thinking about this a, a little bit more, okay? Um, because there's things that we do, and, and I'm coming probably more from a male standpoint if you were here last night, because we compartmentalize, okay? And so in my compartmentalizing of thinking, I understand the breakdown of the spirit, the soul, and the body. Three different things. Now, on a female perspective, they're all interwoven and, and up and down and in and out, and, and that's for you to figure out because <clears throat> I ain't even trying. 
But can I just tell you that we are made up of spirit, soul, and body? And in the world, they pay a lot of attention to the body and not so much the spirit and the soul. Really, the spirit, they don't pay much attention to the spirit at all because the spirit is the thing that really gives life. And so you watch any television program any length of time and see how many advertisements talk about giving life. They'll say fun, they'll say adventure, they'll say excitement, they'll say, you know, peace of this and that, and then they'll have their long history of side effects. But they don't deal with the spirit very much. They may deal with the soul, which the soul is the seat of the mind, will, and emotions. They may do that. You may hear quite a bit about that even in the world. They don't deal much with the spirit. They somewhat deal with the soul, but they really deal with the body. Think of every commercial that you've seen. Is it not dealing with the body? Whether it be hair restoration, whether it be skin clearing up, whether it be enjoying the moment, whatever it may be, there's all kinds of things for the body. The problem is, as churches, as people that are trying to follow Christ, we get so put off by the world that we allow the pendulum to swing too far the other direction. Okay, so in most churches, we deal a lot with the Spirit because we love having the Spirit. We love having the Holy Ghost move. We love, have, we love it when we start singing. We start feeling the presence of God like we felt this morning. And, and we love doing In fact, Rick used the term. He says, I'm feeling Holy Ghost goosebumps. Right? We love the Spirit. That, we major on the Spirit. And sometimes we dip into the soul And in the soul, we talk about the way we think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we we talk about your emotions. Don't dwell on your emotions. Dwell on what you know is right and what the word says. And, And we focus in on the spirit and the soul. But a lot of times, we don't deal with the body. Because we've gotten so far away from what the world does, we have allowed the pendulum to swing the whole other direction and now everything is of the spirit and it doesn't matter what we do in our natural lives. Now when I say the body, I'm not just talking about our physical uh, uh, understanding of who we are. And, 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 but here's what I do know is that you're not going to have a toned muscular body if you don't put the time and sacrifice into it. There's a couple guys in here that have been working out together. One of them can't walk up the steps today without grunting. Him. Thanks to Paul. But see, here's the thing. We like talking about the spirit but we don't like working on the body. But here's the thing that we miss. Jesus said in his word that we are his body. Can you find his spirit on your own? Yeah. Can you create a mindset of habit on your own with him? Yeah. 
But unless you gather together as a body, you are not taking care of your body. And all of the members of your body are connected. How many remember the old marionettes? You know, the little things that had the four, the, the two pieces of wood and all the strings and they weebled and they wobbled and, and they fell down when you let go? <laughs> and then they got tangled up and you had to untangle them in order for them to stand up right again because none of the joints were connected. And so you had an arm joint over here and an arm joint over here and a leg joint and the back and the neck and, and it's all different and it's all separated by, by fish line or whatever it was that made it what it was. And, and, and sometimes that's what we we end up being as a church body because we haven't connected to another. Can I just tell you that you may be the pinky finger, but I like my pinky finger. I like having it. I don't necessarily want to lose it. I like having my hands and my feet. I like having two eyes. I like having two ears. I like having a heart. I like having lungs. I like having a liver. I, 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 I don't want to be, but do you understand that there are some functions of the body that, you, that is happening right now as you're sitting there and you don't even realize that it's happening? Do you understand the miles and miles that your blood has already pumped since we started gathering together at 945? How many times your heart has beat and pumped the blood through the system of the body and you didn't even realize it? And more importantly, you didn't even thank God for it. How many breaths have you taken since 945 when we started gathering together? How much oxygen has gone from, from, from outside of your body and all through your body into your brain so that you can receive what you're, what you're hearing today and what you're seeing today? And we haven't even thanked God for it. Do you understand, and I don't mean to be gross, but do you know, understand how much skin has dissolved from your body and that you've shed in, the, in just the short amount of time that we've been together? Not because that we're, but, but because that the way God created our body is we're constantly changing and we're constantly moving and we're constantly breathing and pumping blood and it's things that we don't even understand Do you understand that there's a couple of us, our hair has grown just a little bit longer in the two and a half hours that we've been together? And then some of you are really struggling with that one. (laughs) What am I trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. If you want to live a restored life, and we call chain breakers our restoration ministry because I'm not interested in recovery. If you recover, you're just going back to the place where you began your addiction. Whether it be anger, hatred, chemicals, whatever it is, if you're recovering, if I am the way I am right now, I'm just about 50 years old, I have a bad shoulder, if I go to therapy to get me back, I don't want to just recover back to 48 so that my shoulder can start hurting again. I want to be restored to the way God created me 
when I used to run around on my own and I used to be able to do all, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm not interested in getting back to just before I started messing up. I'm not, I'm not wanting to get back. I don't want him to touch my life and get me back to, uh, to, to June uh, 10th, 1980 when I finally found him. I don't want to go back to that. I want to go back to the perfection that he made me in when he created me in his image. I want to be whole and righteous in him. I want to be pure and holy in him. I don't want to just be damaged goods that just gets me back. I don't want to be a restored car. I want to be a brand new one. I want to be what he intended me to be when he breathed into Adam and Adam became a living soul. only way I know to do that is to have my spirit my soul and the body made whole and I can sit in my car and I can feel him and I can step into situations and my soul will dictate to me the right decision to make But when I walk through these doors and I stand next to one of you and I sit next to one of you and I worship next to you, here's what's really happening. He is putting us back together. And all of a sudden, I'm not a disconnected being feeling the presence of God and knowing the presence. I am being interconnected with his body. And whether I realize what's happening or not, there is the heart of God in this place. And he has been pumping the blood of the lamb from that side of the room to this side of the room and from front to back. And I may not have understood it. I have not felt my blood flow yet today. I don't know how it's moving through my body. All I know is that it is because I'm still standing upright. I know the heart is still pumping and so the blood's going through. The oxygen is going through. I don't understand how all of the body works, but all I know is this. When my body is together, it is functioning as one. And when we gather and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, all of a sudden the restoration power of God begins to move in us and we may not recognize it nor realize it, but all of a sudden we are being made as one. It's the reason why church is important. It's the reason It's the reason that we come together. Can I just tell you? uh, You mentioned that you hadn't even heard of chain breakers. It's because it didn't exist until last year. Because the, the, the ministry that has been put together, we've kind of drawn from all different kinds of things and put it together. This is a, this is a spirit of grace church stamped ministry. We're not doing it like anybody else. And, And I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, chain breakers on Wednesday night would not be very effective if you weren't there. Whoever's speaking that night can get up and do a fantastic job. But if you're not there to hear it, we can have the greatest Sunday service 
But if nobody's here, nobody's going to feel it. Nobody's going to hear it. You see, the Bible says it this way, and I'm just about done. The Bible says it this way. He, he, he likens us to a building and to a body. He says we're fitly framed together. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Fitly framed together. We're put together in such a way and in such a manner that there is no division. So can I just tell you that when you come to church and you may not feel like being here or you're not feeling 100% or you're just here to be here and you're just not tuned in and you're not clued, it's one of those Sundays where you stepped on the cat's tail before church and and you got into a car and you fought with your kids and your your, your spouse is on your nerves and everything is, nothing's working right and you know that you got a big week at work and so you're planning to come just to sit and, and, and just be here. Can I just tell you how important it is that you're just here? Not so the church can feed into you, although that's good. But when you're not here, somebody else is missing part of the body. Because the Bible says we are many members of one body. Am I just trying to boost church attendance? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Because I need you. You don't understand what sitting in this chair for the last 20 minutes and listening to these testimonies has done to my spirit. It has strengthened. It has ministered. Can I tell you that I had my eyes closed and I just about ran Amy over because she walked just in front of me and I had to step back because I didn't realize that she was coming around and, and walked. But you want to know what I felt when she walked by? There was an infusion of Jesus into me. Why? Because she walked by? No, because the body had come together and we were functioning as the body of Christ and we were taking that pendulum and we were putting it back into balance the way it was and the spirit was working and the soul was working and the body was working and when all of those three things begin to happen, you become a restored being. I invite you to stand. I've got to tell you, I understand that I wasn't raised like everybody else. I look back on my growing up and I don't know how we did it. I really don't. I don't know how I had a life. You know, today, it's pressure to get people to come to church. But when I was growing up, and not just because my dad was a preacher, because if my dad wasn't a preacher, it would have still been the same way. We were in Sunday school at 10 o'clock. No excuses. I don't remember, even if I was not feeling good, he'd come into my room and he'd lay his hands on me and pray for me. He said, okay, you'll be all right. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I didn't always want to go to Sunday school. But my dad didn't care what I wanted. And he didn't really care whether I liked him at the moment. He knew what was good for me. He knew I needed to be in church. 10 o'clock, Sunday morning. 
our pastor was crazy enough. He had church at 10 for Sunday school, and just like we do 945, and they had an adult teacher, and they would teach, and the kids would go to Sunday school, and then when you hit sixth grade, the kids stayed in Sunday school from 10 till, now, you think I preach long? It was, the earliest we got out was 1230. The earliest. And so until fifth grade or sixth grade, you stayed in Sunday school. Can you imagine how Sunday school teachers? From 10 o'clock till 1230, they had the kids. And then we had church at 11 and all of the junior high and senior high kids came back into the church and we would start our worship service. And then pastor would preach and we'd get out at 1230 and we'd all race to the local restaurant to grab our lunch and then we'd race home and we sometimes wouldn't even take our church clothes off. We'd sit down in a chair and take a nap because choir practice was at five. And we'd go to church and have choir practice at five and then we'd have our service start at seven or whatever. When I was really young, it started at eight o'clock on a Sunday night. Some of you are already in bed at eight o'clock. We were starting church. Pastor didn't care about a clock. So it was not unheard of that we were leaving Sunday night church at 1045. Didn't matter that we had school in the morning. Let me talk in Frank Sanders terms. Ah, you'll be all right. That's what he would say. And we were okay. We'd come home from school and crash on Monday because on Tuesday night was Bible study night. So we'd come to church on Tuesday night and the kids would go to their class and the adults came in here or in the sanctuary and they would have Bible study night. My pastor didn't think about clocks. And some of you sat under his ministry and you can attest he didn't believe in clocks. Tuesday night, it was not unheard of that we were leaving church at 9.30. We'd come home from school on Wednesday and crash because we knew that Thursday night was midweek service. Showing up for church on Thursday. Hey, you know his grandpa. His grandpa was my best. He didn't believe in clocks. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as a kid, I was operating on five or six hours of sleep. Come Friday, youth. And for me, my dad was the youth leader. So I started youth at seven years old. And then we would think, oh, great, Saturday, we're going to have all day, we can do any. No, Bible school. We were part of a church that had a college, they had Bible students service on Saturday night. And dad thought it was good that we should go. Can I tell you, I am the way I am today because I had a mom and dad that got me to the body. Can I tell you something? In all of the years, my 18 years of growing up in that household, I can tell you about two sermons that I remember. I can take you to about three hymnals, songs, that I remember. And it was the hymnal songs that I remember because we made fun of the leader who did it. But can I tell you, I can walk you up and down the aisle 
and I can point out, right, sitting back where Josh is sitting now was Sister Lundquist. Right behind him was Brother George By. Over here was Sister Verdea. Down here, I can take you to all of my Sunday school people. Dan and Bonnie Wisebrod, Gary and Lil Wisebrod. I can take you to all of the different people. The body is what made me who I am today. I'm thankful for his spirit. He filled me when I was 10 years old. I'm thankful for my education because it's formed me and framed me to what my soul does. But I am as equally, if not great, more greatly thankful for the body of Christ because it's the body that got me to where I am today. Listen, I would be foolish to hand out a quiz today for those of you that were here starting in 2009 when we came and see how many messages you remember of mine. Some of you might remember one or two. But all of you know who Kathy Mackey is. And not just because it's Karen's mom. All of you know who Granny Helen was. All of you know who Marvel Wisebrode Bo is. All of you know who Duran Nimley is. Young 14-year-old boy that God took too young. His daddy's here. I don't remember all of the lessons and all of the messages, but I've walked through that building too many times and I've been walking through this building Listen, I don't even know all the names on the faces in this place, but I, here's what I do know, is when you're not here, I notice you're not here. Because it's the body. I notice what it's like on Wednesday nights when you're not here. I know what it's like on men's prayer breakfast when the men aren't there. Listen, there's something about the body of Christ that brings total restoration to my soul. Well, pastor, that's just a crutch. Well, so be it. Give me a crutch. If I have to limp in with crutches and a walker and a wheelchair to get into glory, as long as I can do it with the body. Here's what I want to do. The reason why chain breakers is getting ready to explode is because for the first couple of months getting that ministry off and running, It was that ministry that was trying to grow. But now the people that are a part of that ministry have connected with the body. And as the body, listen, well, is that the big body of Christ? That's part of it. But the Bible talks about local assemblies. This is the body of Christ. As they begin to sing, here's what I want to do. I don't want to take too much more time, but just give us a couple minutes. If you're ready to commit to the body, I want you to either step out from your seat and stand in the aisleway, come to the front, grab somebody's hand, minister to somebody else. Let's be the body for just a couple of minutes here before we go. Can you do that? Step out now, even now. Yes. But chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. 
When I was broken, yeah. you were my healing. Yeah. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, To your glorious day. Now your mercy has saved my soul. That's now your soul. freedom is all that That's I know. Soul. Oh spirit. yes, the old made new. Old made new. Into your glorious day. Oh, yes. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. But chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my Don't know, I drum with no shoes on.